Welcome to the Veterans Perspective, presented by the Michigan Veterans Affairs Agency, with your host, Director of the MVAA, Zanetta Adams. Welcome to the Veterans Perspective. I am your host, Zanetta Adams, Director of the Michigan Veterans Affairs Agency. And today we're talking about therapeutic and recreational opportunities. We're joined by a special guest today, Amy Grant, uh, who is a singer, songwriter, Grammy Award uh, winning artist. She is married to Vince Gill. She's just all around philanthropist and she's just really, really doing a lot in the space for veterans. And so we want to talk about that today and share some great insights with you and talk about her work in supporting veterans. As always, just before uh, we go to commercial break, I just wanted to let you know that you can always reach us at 1-800-MISHVET. That's 1-800-642-4838. And if you are struggling and need to reach out to someone, you can always call the Veterans Crisis Line at 800-273-8255, press 1, or text 838-255. So stay tuned for a great show on the Veterans Perspective. Welcome back to the Veterans Perspective. I am your host, Zanetta Adams, Director of the Michigan Veterans Affairs Agency. And today we're talking about therapeutic and recreational opportunities. And we're talking with Amy Grant today and her work supporting veterans. Just to give you a little bit of background, Amy Grant, along with her husband, Vince Gill, are honorary co-founders of Challenge America, recognizing the need for court to coordinate resources and information on both national and local levels. Amy and Vince envisioned a way to challenge America by connecting military and their families to the resources they need within their communities when transitioning from military back to civilian life. On June 8, 2009, in Washington, D.C., Amy and Vince launched the Challenge America Initiative, which is now thriving in communities across America, along with its Challenge America Makers for Veterans program. You may have heard about Challenge America when we've talked about the Military Sisterhood Initiative, where the program is now uh, permanently housed. Amy's career spans over 25 years and stretches from her roots in gospel music into an iconic pop star, songwriter, television personality, and philanthropist. Amy has sold more than 30 million albums and won six Grammys. Wow. Welcome to the show, Amy. Thank you. It's great to be here and hear about what you're doing and tell a little bit about what I'm doing. Well, yeah, it's it, it actually is a very exciting show. I mean, I... You know, we hear about people out in the communities doing things for people all the time. And one of the things I can say just, uh, you know, after knowing you for so long is that you are a woman of your word and uh, you really have a heart and a passion for helping people in general, but just really been able to see that and helping veterans. And so I, I really appreciate you joining us today and taking the time out of like, I know your busy schedule to talk to us. Well, I'm, I'm honored. And, you know, I, I am wowed by you, Zanetta. <laughs> and to me, um, yeah, I, I, I just, I'm always so amazed um, uh, at what we can do when we come together. I mean, there's so much need in the world. There's such a great need for community and support organizations with all of the veterans it can seem overwhelming, but then you meet somebody that says, well, hey, I'm just going to take the first step right where I am. Hey, I'm just going to create a welcome table right here in my neighborhood. And you are one of those people. And I, I want to be one of those people too. And then suddenly you start, we start 
realizing the real power is not in having the massive plan, but it's just bringing together community right where we are. And if everybody did a little bit of that, we would touch the whole country. So um, I love getting on here and you talking about what you're doing. And, you know, even just this show uh, creates community because we have a chance to get on here and talk. And when you talk, suddenly creativity pops out and suddenly you're brainstorming. And then it's like, well, yeah, we could do this. We could do that. You know, it's like when you're kids, let's put on a play and we'll charge the neighborhood. And, you know, and then it gets exciting. And to me, that's, when you can put passion with purpose, it changes the way you live your life. And I think that's so important, passion with purpose. And just just for those out um, listening today, you know, just to give you a little bit of background, you know, when I, I met Amy um, early 2010, I attended an event in Aspen for Challenge Aspen, which is a sister organization of Challenge of America. Um, and it was a women veterans retreat. And I remember it was in December and I, I was introduced uh, just kind of to the to, to the idea that you were a part of Challenge America. And I, I remember when I received the call, you know, somehow, some way, it was found out that I had a hobby for singing. But it was one of those things that kind of died with with my my um, thoughts about how my disability, how, how I was disabled and how things were going in my life. And so it was something I wasn't really doing. And so when I got that call in January or February, to participate in the the event at Lipscomb University, I think it was in March of 2010, to kind of mm-hmm. sing the national anthem on stage with you and like all of these wonderful people. I was, I was nervous. I was scared. I was like, oh my gosh, I have to lose weight. I have to get myself together. I can't wear sweats. Like there was just this whole thing that went around. I'm like, oh my god, I'm not. I'm not. You know what I thought? I thought I'm not enough. You know, uh, um, you know, you're asking me to do something that I'm not enough at. So. You know, walking into that room and onto that stage when I first met you, I didn't feel adequate. I felt inadequate. I felt um, as this, like, you got the wrong person, but, you know, I'm going to do it anyway because I said I would. And from that moment when I stepped out there and I met you and I saw your heart, my life changed. It changed completely. And, you know, we'll talk a little bit about that because it's it's important that we make an impact. It doesn't matter what our titles are, it doesn't matter where we are in the world, but that we're continuing, like you said, to take our passion and turn it into purpose. Yes. Yep. And you know, it's funny. I think there's not a woman alive that doesn't start going, I have to improve myself somehow to be worthy of getting on that stage. And that's so wrong. I mean, you've got, when an opportunity comes to you, you have everything you need in that moment to fulfill that opportunity. That's why it came to you. We just have to trust that there is a much bigger purpose and plan that pulls us together. And I'm so glad you stepped up there. And now look at you, you're, you're doing performances on stage, you're singing all the time, and you're enjoying a gift that was a part, a gift that, that, always made your life better that you put aside and now you're enjoying it all the time yeah and i will i will have to say you you were that that pebble in the water that created these ripple effects and so i'm looking forward to having more of this conversation and so after the break we'll be talking um, with amy about uh what she's doing for veterans and then getting into what she's doing on the therapeutic level uh to help reset the brain 
So stay tuned when we return on The Veteran's Perspective. Welcome back to The Veteran's Perspective. We've been talking with Amy Grant, singer, songwriter, uh, philanthropist, just all around great person about her work with veterans. And, you know, before the commercial break, we were talking about how she really did uh, make an impact in my life. And, you know, I've told her this, but I, I don't know if she really realizes that, you know, and I've talked to you all about how I was, you know, how I've been suicidal and how I was in this dark place. And then I went to this retreat and things started to change. You know, it's, it's so important that you have people around you that can pour into you. And it's important if you're that person um, who maybe, maybe at this moment, you don't need to be poor, you know, you, you don't need someone pouring into you, but you can be that person that can stand in the gap for someone. And I, I can, I, I can only imagine that you didn't know the impact that you had on me at that moment when I met you in March of 2010. I had no idea. I mean, none of us really knows what's going on in somebody else's head. You know, it's a good reason to just be gentle with everybody. But I do know uh, there are times in my younger life that I struggled with depression. Um, I went through a divorce and was really depressed. I felt like I was wrecking the lives of my young children and didn't know how to do anything any differently because I was just trying to find my own footing. I mean, there's not there's not any one of us that has not been at a point where we wondered if a situation would be better if we just weren't part of it. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, that might be the extreme. Would, would this be better if I weren't even around? Or it can be, you know, the extreme of that is, is suicidal. But I love what you said about support because you can be standing on the same spot in the road. And you can be looking one direction, and it's all dark clouds and a storm. And if you just pivot, you don't even have to move on that road. But if you just turn around, you can all of a sudden become aware of the fact that actually the wind is blowing that dark cloud away. And coming up from behind you is a blue sky and sunshine. Mm-hmm. And you wouldn't have known that unless you pivoted on that road to say, what else is possible. And I really think community is what helps us pivot even in a dark time. And um, yeah, it makes really makes me feel so tender toward you. I didn't, you know, feeling you stepping out on that stage to sing the national anthem, which by the way, is a terrifying song. (laughs) (laughs) Acapella too. (laughs) I know. None of us ever knows how we just show up at the right place at the right time for somebody. But, you know, it's funny. I got involved with Challenge Aspen, which it's a program for people with disabilities located in Aspen, Colorado. But I was invited to come out there 21 years ago, the first time, because the man that started that was the best childhood friend of my mm-hmm. sister. And so I'd never been to Aspen, Colorado you know, when Houston Cowan, the man that started that, he would come to Nashville to see my sister and her husband. They would talk about old times. Sometimes they would come by my house. 
mostly all I knew about Houston was that we would play ping pong together and he had a wicked serve. And every time he said, I need to get you out to Colorado. I need to, will you come help me fundraise for this? And after, you know, two or three seasons of playing ping pong, I was like, yeah, I'm pregnant. I can't really work right now. I'll come and do a show. And that's how I discovered it. And then, you know, for the next 20 years, uh, um, I helped fundraise for Challenge Aspen, which then launched Challenge America to help people find find things locally that can help veterans. Um, which just it reminds me, the next step is right in front of you. And, mm-hmm. and then Houston, I met Mac Bailey. He used to play music with John Denver, and I was a big John Denver fan. Mac was part of one of the benefits we did. And then Mac said, I want to go back and get my master's to create a music therapy program for songwriters with veterans. So veterans can tell their stories, trust a songwriter to frame part of their experience in a way that they, that that veteran can play that song for somebody else and share their experience without accessing all of the traumatic emotion. And maybe that can help pull that veteran in the community. And just talking to Mac, I said, well, I don't know how many songwriters there are in Aspen, but Nashville is full of songwriters. And so Mac said, can we host that retreat at your farm? And so we've been hosting two spring retreats and two fall retreats with Music Therapy of the Rockies ever since then. Um, And we're in our fourth year now. Um, But once again, it was just like you meet somebody and you share your passion. And then the next thing made a plan yeah and i i would say you know just talking about the music therapy program um within challenge of america um is that you're right music is healing and and whether it's just because you're listening to it or you're singing or you're writing things um i, I it is part of the reason why you know it, it kind of got me where i was and it's one of those go-to things when i'm feeling sad i'll either turn on the song or i'll start writing or i'll I'll, I'll start humming or singing or something because it gets you through. And so I, I would ask, you know, being a part of um, these retreats for the last four years and having them out at the farm, you've had this kind of um, close encounter with the program and the lives of those veterans that are, that are um, being impacted there. What have you seen? Oh goodness. Well, uh, the most extreme case of actual healing that I saw was with um, <clears throat> a trumpet player named Casey Walker. And after, I'm not sure how many tours of duty he did, but I, he played taps for over 300 um, fellow men and women that serves men and women who had fallen. And he was so damaged by that. He threw his music away. He threw his horn away. He was done and he was isolating Somebody invited him to this retreat at our farm, but first he had to go to his mother's funeral in Iowa. And while he was there, he was going through her things and he found her old coronet, a horn, and he brought that horn to the retreat. He wrote a song with a songwriter named Mark Elliott, and and the song they wrote was called, I Don't Want to Play That Song No More. And it was talking about the song Taps. And Mark wrote about just what that experience was like for Casey 
the musician who just had to play that death song over and over again. But he left musical breaks in the context of the song and would give Casey a chance to play, play his mom's coronet. And every time that musical break came around, Casey got more adventuresome. It's like he blew the dust off of his gift. He had not picked up a horn for years. And by the end of the song, he was playing like jazz, Dixieland, playful. I mean, it was like watching that gift be resurrected from the dead. And this was years ago. And ever since then, he has been an active working musician. And it saved his life. Wow. Yeah, that's 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 amazing. And it's amazing what music and the sounds and the the feeling um, does. I, re- I remember working with so Dallas. Dallas uh, Blaney is the executive director of uh, Challenge America, and he did a pilot with some women veterans on this music program that was connected with uh, people with PTSD. And I just, you know, they pick out certain songs based on tones and and energy within them for certain moods and certain, um, you know, whether it be depression or anxiety or some of those other things. And, And I have to tell you, I participated in that pilot and it was it was just amazing, and there are still songs that I turn to. So music has power for sure. Mm-hmm. Yep. Preach yes. it, sister. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I, I'm glad that you're in this in this space, and you're in this business, and you're making this impact, and you're using your gifts and your your um, your reach in order to reach other people. And so, you know, we're talking about that. First off, if you're interested in learning more about the music therapy retreat or all that Challenge America has to offer, then you can visit www.challengeamerica.com. You can also visit musictherapyoftherockies.org. As always, this information will be on our Facebook page when we um, make the post about this um, about this uh, show. And then we will also make sure that we have it uh, at our resource center. So stick around. We'll be right back on The Veterans Perspective. Welcome back to The Veterans Perspective. I'm your host, Zanetta Adams, Director of the Michigan Veterans Affairs Agency. And we've been talking with Amy Grant just about her impact with veterans, um, with the music therapy realm, as well as with Challenge America. And and we're gonna dive in a little bit deeper into some of the other work that she's doing to help veterans who may be dealing with PTSD or some of the other um, mental health challenges that they may have um, with this uh, therapeutic program that she 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 works with. I mean, I, maybe I won't even call it a program, but it's it's really exciting. I'm so excited to hear more about it. But before we dive into that, I wanted to ask you, Amy, um, you know, you have this passion and this great connection to veterans. I mean, how did you become involved with veterans? Do you have somebody who served? Like, why is this important to you? Um, well, goodness, I do have some family I remember the first time I was aware of a veteran, I was a child, and one of my older cousins, Reuben Logan, died. I went to his funeral. It was my mom's generation. And I remember the 21-gun salute at his funeral. Um, I've been to several uh, funerals at the Veterans Cemetery, uh, my sister's father-in-law. Um, yeah, I've got a a cousin that's like my nephew that's career military. Um, he was a Marine and flew F-18s, and now he's an instructor in Florida. 
my niece is married to um, a man who was served in the Air Force, Hunter McAdams. They lived around the world. When I first started singing overseas, some of the first gigs I did were on military bases in the early 80s. And so um, even though in my immediate family, I was not born when my father was in the Army, um, but I, I, you know, I, I have a debt of gratitude for the men and women that have served our country and allowed me to live in a place that I can pursue my dreams and, um, and everybody has that debt of gratitude. I think, um, we don't talk enough about that in our culture that everything comes at a price and to live in America has come at a great price of sacrifice. And so, um, and now through my, through different, you know, I've got some good friends um, that are in the military or work with the VA, men and women. And um, anyway, and you. <laughs> so the circle just keeps getting bigger. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, it's definitely evident that you can see that the passion comes from all of your experiences. And, you know, the veteran community is lucky to have you uh, working to assist them with getting educated. I mean, one of the things that we, we thrive on at the agency here is our connection and connecting veterans to resources and benefits, because it's been proven that when they're connected to resource and resources and benefits, their rates of suicidal ideation goes down the mental anguish and stress that they have is, is further reduced because they know that they have places to turn when they're in need. And so it has been our, it has been our journey to really, you know, go on this massive education campaign um, to, to get these resources out there. And, and that kind of leads yeah. me to Sarah set, Sarah set. So, you know, I had never heard of Sarah set until you um, mentioned it to me and I'm very excited about learning more about it. And, and I can suspect that um, many of the listeners have never heard about it. So can you, can you tell us a little bit about Saraset? I will. First, I'm going to spell it for you. It's uh, C-E-R-E-S-E-T. So if you just think of the word reset and then put a C-E in front of it, because that's taken like from the cerebellum, which is the oldest part of the brain. But um Saraset is a therapy that involves um, just in basic terms. It's like it's allowing your brain to to hear a mirror of itself. The brain is an infinite system, and so many times, if something is, if a person's struggling with something, um, uh, PTSD or trauma of any kind, what we we tend to try to medicate. We, we do things from the outside in. We try to impose things on the brain, even things like EMDR or uh, neurofeedback or mindfulness. That all requires asking something of the brain. In 2009, I, I had a niece. Her name is Grace, and she was certifiably nuts. It was about 10, and I have her permission to talk about this. 10 years, she could not decide if she wanted to live or not. Uh, multiple attempted suicides, um, all through um, 
overdose and somebody, and she was living with us at the time and she was just unhinged. Uh, just to, something simple like making a cup of tea. She would fill it with tea bags like you were sandbagging for a flood. And then she would splash water on the top. Um, she she had no ability to sleep. And when she talked, it was like she wasn't really talking to you. She was just sort of shouting at you and spinning. Um, she was basically thrown out of every place that had been her hang, her community. She was thrown off of a flight screaming, Amy Grant's my aunt, the whole way off, which got her, did not get her a seat back on the flight. <laughs> but she was living with us, and it killed me. I loved that girl. I knew her from the time she was born. I welcomed her into the hospital. Um, after my, I mean, at the hospital when my sister had her. Anyway, but I, an, a friend of mine said, there is a technology coming out of Scottsdale, Arizona. Trust the process. And we went to the, Sarah said it was named something different at the time. I could not wrap my head around this technology. You telling me you're going to take sensors, put them on her head. It's going to go through an algorithm that translate how her brain uses energy. And then she's going to hear that. And that's going to make a change. And they said, yes. The brain, if it can see what it's doing, if it can hear what it's doing, the brain has the capacity to heal itself. And it did uh, with my niece. It gave her the traction to start making better choices, to stop self-medicating. She went back, graduated from college. Uh, she joined AA. She went and got her master's, and now she is a therapist working with the mentally ill. In 2009, I, excuse me, that was in 2009. In 2019, I became a part of this company, and I said, the whole world needs to do this therapy. I've done it. You know, there's no silver bullet that'll fix everything. It's like you can't just lift one weight and expect to have a good bicep. But Saraset is an affordable therapy that uh, hopefully will one day be FDA approved, but everyone should do this every year. And Zanetta, you and I are going to do it this summer where you're going to do the sessions and then you'll be able to talk about it. So um, hopefully we can get this on the approved list of VA therapies, non-invasive therapies uh, that the VA would pay for veterans. Uh, we have not accomplished that yet, but we are working. To that goal. Well, that's great. And, you know, it sounds like there's a mirror, you're turning a mirror on yourself. And, and isn't, isn't that interesting that, you know, in life, sometimes that's what we have to do as well. We have to turn a mirror on ourselves in order to really see who we are in order to start to make those changes. So, you know, I, I love it. I want to hear more about it. I can't wait to um, experience it eventually myself so that I can get to the sleep that I need. <laughs> Looking forward yes. to that. But um, I, yeah, I would love to hear more about it because I know that people are probably having questions right now as they're thinking about it. So as you think of those questions, hopefully when we return from this commercial break, we can answer those for you. So stay tuned. We'll be back on The Veterans Perspective. Welcome back to The Veterans Perspective presented by the Michigan Veterans Affairs Agency. Now back to your host, 
director of the MVAA, Zanetta Adams. Welcome back to the Veterans Perspective. We have been joined today by Amy Grant, a singer-songwriter, Grammy Award winner, and she has been talking with us about different um, opportunities for veterans. And most recently, we've been talking about Sarah Set, this uh, innovative, um, I guess, therapy for the brain. And, you know, I-, I can imagine some of the people out there listening that are thinking, and it was probably something that might have fleeted through my mind until I really dug into looking at the research. But it's like, well, am, is it going to be mind control? Am I going to, you know, have my brain waves altered? I mean, there's so many different conspiracies out there for many different things right now, especially during this pandemic. But um, if you could tell us a little bit about that and what what the actual process is and, and what people undergo and how invasive or un, non-invasive it is, that'd be great. Okay. Well, here's the good news. We, we talked earlier that Saraset is like putting a mirror up so that your brain can see what it's doing. But you don't have to even stay awake during this. So it it involves no talking. When we talk about non-invasive, it's not talk therapy. You don't have to control your breathing. When I do set sessions with you, Zanetta, you'll walk into the office and sit in a comfortable chair that I'll lean back. I'll put a weighted blanket on your lap. And 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 you'll close your eyes. Um, You'll put earphones in. And those earphones are going to provide you with tones that sound like this. Bing, bong, dong, dong, dong. <laughs> it's not the music of your brain, but that, that those tones will come from the, the sensors that I put in different positions on your scalp. So I'll just put a part in your hair and use just some... Uh, conductive paste and put these proprietary sensors and all they do is they these sensors will take the energy that your brain is using even lying back with your eyes closed in a anti-gravity chair the lights off a weighted blanket so so if you're in a completely relaxed state your brain should be also in a relaxed state. You shouldn't have your foot on the gas or on the brake. Um, that's how we describe, you know, if, you're, if your brain is firing too heavily on the right, it's like having your foot on the gas. If it's, if it's firing too heavily on the left, it's like having your foot slammed on the brake, <clears throat> which all day long, our brain exhibits energy right, left, right, left, high to low frequency all over the inside of your head. But when you've got your eyes closed and nothing's going on in that present moment, your brain should be relaxed because your brain just has two jobs, to keep you alive and to normalize your experience. Mm -hmm. And in doing that job, sometimes our brains have to create ways to work around trauma. And so, so when I put those sensors on your head, and I'll go, okay, I'm going to leave the room, and you're just going to listen to the tone, the tone that your brain is creating with energy. It would be like if you had to get ready to walk out on stage and you got ready in a dark room, put on your makeup, your lipstick, 
everything. And then suddenly, right before you walked on stage, somebody handed you a well-lit mirror and you went, oh, wait, let me make a few changes. <laughs> Wrong color lipstick. My hair's a fright. But you could quickly change those things because you could see it. That's what we have discovered. If the brain can see where it is misfiring. It can change that. And for some people, it happens very quickly. For some people, it happens slowly. You know, we suggest five one-and-a-half-hour sessions. Um, and I know a woman that goes in every two weeks for a session. She doesn't need it, but, you know, I know people that cut their hair every two weeks, but to each their own. Um, but it's a very simple idea, um, And uh, but it's it's, you know, over 150,000 people have participated in this. The Department of Defense is using it to help uh, get people that are unable to fulfill their jobs for which they are highly trained to get them back into the um, back so they can work again. Because when you're doing something that you love, it actually is good fuel for your brain. So, you know, you talked about how, you know, you can, you can probably start seeing some results in five and a half hour, five and five hour and a half sessions. Um, And that, so how soon can you actually see those results? So you've had five sessions. Um, Does it come after five sessions? Is it after two sessions? Like how soon have you seen some results with some individuals? Um, The pattern of the sessions go like this. It's, it is four days in a row it takes about an hour and a half each day four days in a row and then three weeks later a fifth session that's what we consider one round and um depending on what patterns are are getting unstuck some some um here's what we most find is that somebody at the first one or two days they're actually very tired they want to rest because their brain is doing a lot of work creating healthy new neuron tracks. Um, But I have had, um, I dealt with a man who had had childhood trauma and he was able to carry on with his life. But as he entered his fifties, he's in his sixties now in his fifties, he started being plagued by nightly uh, uh, nightmares. It got to the point that it was debilitating his sleep and he came to see me. And so all we were trying to do was to help his sleep. So he does the first day of sessions. He comes in the next day. I said, how was your sleep? He said, still not sleeping. Four days in a row, he says this. He comes back after three weeks, and I said, how is your sleep? And he said, something finally shifted last week. I'm yawning at 930. I put away my screens. I went to bed. And, I, and then I was really afraid. I said, when did the night terrors stop? And he said, Oh, after the first session. Mm-hmm. So it kind of, de- it depends on, um, when I did these sessions, I actually every year experienced seasonal depression. Every year since I was in college, I had to drop out my sophomore year. It was so bad. Um, and But I did the, I did my, the first round of Sarasat sessions I did in 2009, you know, it was months before it rolled around to January, February. I didn't realize that those sessions, um, they cured me of that seasonal depression. So I don't know if it took four months 
for for that to express itself. I didn't. I had to wait on it because of because of when I did those that time of year. Um, I've worked with people before, um, a mother and daughter that have have had a lot of trauma, and we actually are will probably do three rounds of five sessions. Um, you know, everybody's different. Some brains respond quickly. But the big thing is anybody that experiences any change for a situation they thought was permanently bad suddenly feels hope. Mm -hmm. And hope makes everything different. Because when you, if you don't have hope, it's like your car stuck in a ditch. It doesn't matter how much you rev that engine, you're still spinning. But you get, uh, you, you, you climb out of that ditch, even if everything is not perfect, you go, I can return to this therapy. I can continue building healthy brain tracks. And what I have now is hope, hope for change. So as we wrap up, can you just uh, tell everyone, uh, spell Sarah Reset for us again, and so people can do a Google search to find locations in their area? Yes. So just think of the word reset, R-E-S-E-T, and put a C-E in front of it. C-E-R-E-S-E-T, Sarah Set. And Zanetta, thank you so much for having me. I've loved talking to you and having this conversation and just keep up the good work. Well, thank you, Amy, and it's been my honor to have you here today. Um, all of our Michigan veterans, thank you for taking part in this. And I just want to put it out there again that if you're looking for information and resources uh, and how to get assistance, don't hesitate to call us at 1-800-MICHVET. That's 1-800-642-4838. You can visit us at michiganveterans.com. And uh, we are here to serve you. So thank you again so much, Amy, and we'll see you next time on The Veterans Perspective. Okay.